So welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Sorry for that little technical glitch at the beginning. I had a little slow start with StreamYard. So please welcome our very special guest, Gitta Marie Johansson, who wrote an amazing book called, I love the title of the book, by the way, Sustainable Badass, A Zero Waste Lifestyle Guide. So welcome to the show, Gitta Marie. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, and welcome from Denmark, long way away. Thank God for technology. Thank um, God for the internet. Thank God for the internet. I mean, some things did work from this pandemic because our technology got a lot better for these things. But we all got were, a lot better at online meetings, didn't we? <laughs> we did. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do any of this if it weren't for the technology that we have and being able to talk to people like you and others around the world. So I'm very grateful for that because we are learning so much about climate change and what you can do to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So you wrote a book. And I did, it, yeah. It's a great book. Tell us about your book. Well, I have been looking into zero waste living since 2015, since I was 21 years old. Um, yeah. And it started sort of as an experiment where I just wanted to try and live without creating waste for a month. And I just ended up loving that lifestyle change so much. So I just kept going. I kept going at it. Um, I was at uni when I started. And when I graduated uni in 2019, I decided, okay, next step for me and my business i went full-time as a content creator after that next step for my business i want to write a book because i think there's a lot of information that's easily obtained when you sit down and read it or when you listen to it as an audiobook um so i just sort of i knew of this one publisher in denmark and i just kicked their door in one day and said i have this manuscript i think you should buy it it's pretty damn neat um and i was sort of expecting that I needed to sell it a little bit or sort of we had to have back and forth meetings figuring out what we wanted to do but they just handed me a contract like that's a great idea let's go uh, and oh, that wow. is how I ended up writing my book yeah so it came out in 2020 in Danish and this April I think it's on April 22nd it's coming out in English and you can pre-order it and we will get to all of the ways people can pre-order it for you because um we you're kind of everywhere I mean just Google, just Google the name of the book and it's available everywhere. So it's easily found. Um, Honestly, that was that took me for a little while there because I was what? It's already up for pre-order because I haven't actually talked about that on my social media platforms yet. Oh, no. Because, yeah, I was just busy doing other things and then I didn't realize you can already pre-order it. Um, so I was a little... Well, that's how what? I found you. I was looking at books and I was like, this is a great book, but it's not out yet. I can't read it. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> But you know, you wrote this, well, who are you thinking of? Like your background is education communication, but when you said, okay, I'm gonna write a book about a guide for zero waste, okay? Was it for family or friends or the general public or just helping people with little tiny steps? I think there was a big part of me writing this book where I wrote it for myself, uh, for my 20 year old self, trying to figure everything out, trying to deal with climate anxiety and oh, just yeah. overall feeling really anxious, learning about all these things that are wrong and not really being able to find that overview and understanding the prioritizing in sustainability and what's more important, what has a bigger impact, etc. There's so many questions. So overall, I think I wrote this book for people who are in the beginning of their journey or perhaps just interested in sort of perhaps maybe thinking about taking the first step. 
Yeah. So I think that was sort of, yeah, that, that those were the people I had in mind and the book sort of has a stepping point standpoint in my own experience of life. So I take those experiences that I've had talked about how I've failed in these uh, situations and I learned something here and maybe you can use this anecdote for something and then sort of spice together and mixed with more factual information, detailed information. I went out to our local uh, waste management plant and asked them questions about recycling and what's more efficient and what happens when we throw something away. All these things that we are not necessarily able to do in our everyday lives. So I usually say that, okay, I sit down and I read the boring reports and I study and I research. So all of you guys don't have to do that. Exactly. Sort of, yeah, the same as you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, when I first started, so my background being environmental sciences, I started studying sustainability and I was confused at first and then I felt terrible about myself. I'm like, I'm the worst person in the world because I bought plastic baggies last month. Oh my God, I'm a terrible human being. We got to give each other a break. These are small steps. Fix what you can. I think you told me, um, fix, change what you can in your little world. And yeah, so I, I usually say that you don't have to save the entire world. You just have to save a you-sized part of it. Yes. That's all. And that makes it a lot more digestible, you know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to absorb all of this at once. And when you talked about the waste management, every country is a little bit different. Um, like countries in, I believe it's in Norway, they have, I think, eight different bins for their waste. And they're very strict about it. You have to put everything in their proper place of what's recyclable and different ways to recycle. Here in the U.S., we don't do that. And I'm hoping books like yours will reach our people to improve what we buy, how we buy things, and then how we dispose of them. Um, based on your book, your knowledge, your background, what would you like to see change? What would you like to just even like a tiny little change that people could make in their everyday lifestyle? First of all, I think it's important to change mentally and start reflecting because we aren't necessarily trained as consumers always to reflect upon our consumption of goods. Things happen very automatically sometimes for us. And that's something that I hear often retold to me over and over whenever I give lectures and talk to people both in real life and like this is that, oh, but so much just happens because it's a habit of mine or something just happens because everything is just automatically going in a certain direction. So it can be really difficult to pause it for a while and figure out how to do things differently. So what I hope to see change is that we take that deep breath and try to figure things out one thing at a time. We don't have to fix all the problems at once because that's not happening anyway. So we don't even have to bother with that. But just these small things and the mental shift. Yeah, and the consciousness of, you know, mindful mindfulness for resources, I think is definitely one of my biggest, one of my biggest things. And also one of the things that don't require any modern zero waste swaps or products that you need to buy because it all happens outside of consumption. That is true. I mean, we, well, we have been marketed to and sold to for 50, 60 years, buy, 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 get more, get more, get more. And, um, you know, on the show, I do talk to a lot. I talked a lot about energy and ESG and finance. The people have spoken because I did a poll and they want to hear more, more about green design and zero waste and consumers and what we do with our waste. So this is very helpful for people to learn the little tiny steps, the little changes by the book. 
a guide. We need a guide to let us know. And um, what would be three minor changes people could do to maybe get on that stepping stone forward? So first of all, we have a lot of products in our everyday lives that are designed to be disposable, that are designed to be thrown away. But trash is is not trash unless it ends up in the bin. So finding ways of reusing and repurposing and upcycling, getting that mentality shifted is a really, really good first step. And again, it doesn't really require you to go out and buy new things, um, even with sustainability, because it's such a wide spread term today. And so many people are talking about sustainability. It can be really difficult to sort of zoom in on those things that are actually sustainable and that are actually achievable because there's just a lot of noise from things you can buy often. And sometimes you can buy a product that will make your life easier and more sustainable. I'm not saying that is not the case. It is sometimes, but a lot of the things are reusing, upcycling, repurposing, reclaiming all of these things and that is so important so for instance a good example just from my own kitchen um I sometimes dumpster dive and I dumpster dove dumpster dived yep grammar I found uh, this hummus this pre-made hummus in a container in a in a bin at some point and it was in a plastic box but like a solid plastic box so I took that plastic box home after I finished the hummus and now I use it to store vegetables or spices and I use it for bulk shopping even though it was designed to be disposable so changing how we look at things how we look at resources I think is really important and there's some very creative people out there that you can just search online google's your best friend and you can find things an infinite amount of tips yeah some of them are a little complicated like I've looked at saying I can't do that I don't know how to do that that's hard but you can do simple things simple repurposing I mean Kitchen supplies, a lot of things are made of plastic. A lot of things are made to be disposed of. My personal thing that I made a change, I love to bake. And they're always like, you know, been baking bread, you take your plastic wrap, you put it over the bowl while your bread rises. I just use a towel, which is what your grandma used, you know? Yeah, you know, that is so funny you say that because I have seen so many. I also love baking, but I'm not a very precise cook. Um, so it's a little, I, I don't bake well, um, I just bake a lot. And whenever I see like recipes and stuff, they always use this cling foil and it's not really a thing in Denmark. Uh, we have used kitchen towels, reusable cotton kitchen towels for ages. I've never seen anything else used. Yep. So that's a really funny way of how we can also inspire each other from other countries because we have different habits and traditions and we can learn from each other that way. And that's really cool. Well, I love that you just said learning from other countries because we are all in this together. I mean, yeah. it's not like one country is going to win. It's one planet. We're, we're all in this together. So we do need to learn from other countries. We do need to learn certain techniques and tricks of the trade. Ideas need to be shared, which fortunately we are now doing outside of politics. I, I don't even discuss politics because I'm so over it. But we have so much knowledge. I mean, people like you that at university decided I'm going to write a book. I'm going to reach people. I'm going to teach them. We need more of that. We need more of you. Um, I'm a an child army, of, an absolute army. We need an army. I mean, I'm a child of the seventies where a uh, seventies and eighties where everything was disposable. I mean, you just bought something and you just binned it and you're like, Oh, it's cheap. I'll just get a new, another one. Same with fast fashion. You know, you buy a cheap shirt and you just bin it after a year. I'll just buy another one. That's not the way it's supposed to be, folks. 
No, no, there's something seriously wrong with that. And I think that worked out for us, especially in the West for a really long time, because we couldn't physically see the impact of that yeah. behavior. But now that impact is really catching up to us uh, also with the use of social media and in the internet, of course. But we can see on our own beaches now that trash yeah. is, is washing up. And we couldn't 20 years ago in the same degree. So I also think it's getting more and more physical. I know so many people in my own private life that has started to cut down on meat or gone completely plant-based because they can now see or they can now feel on their own bodies that I need to do something and that is a very physical thing I can change so that's what I'm going to do you and know it's really cool that we're getting there right but we could have gone there a few decades ago that was all that would also be amazing Oh, easily. It's just people weren't, they weren't ready. They didn't think it no, was No, not at all. Like, no, 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 I've heard this a hundred times before. It's not real. But I'm glad you brought up the meat consumption because when I was growing up, meat was sort of a special occasion. You know, beef, particularly like steak was a big deal. Now yeah. it's something people say they have it every single day, have to have something every single day. And it's, yeah. I mean, there was a reason your mom told you to eat your vegetables. You, you need the vegetables. <laughs> you can't just have a meat-based diet. It's not... It's not healthy, guys. You need balance. I'm not saying go full vegan. I'm just saying balance is good. Balance and is amazing. And, you know, I was a very big meat eater. I was very anti-vegan, very I'm never, ever giving up meat. I <laughs> ate beef every single day. I cannot even imagine at this point. And I never thought in a million years I would go vegan. I'm so happy that I did. And uh, in my book, there are also some of my favorite recipes. Just... <gasps> sprinkled in there just I, um, I to, to make things sort of more easily accessible I have for instance my holiday feast that I I serve my family for Christmas in in our case and the first year I made it we had the meat dishes and then we had the plant-based dishes and the meat dishes took a little bit longer to finish so we just had the plant-based dishes all together my dad who was 60 at this point said we don't even need to cook the other thing. Like we can save it for leftovers because this was fine. And that oh is the God. biggest stamp of of approval I have ever seen. Uh, you know, I love that because one, parents are hard to win over. We know this. They are. Yeah. And set in their ways, are they? Yeah. Very set in their ways. And trust me, we'll get there. Our, you know, give me a couple more you know, years and I'm going to be like the old person on the front, front yelling, get off my lawn. I am that person already. But winning over your parents, winning over people that were raised in the meat lifestyle, we have to have, you know, meat on the table every day. And he's like, that's fine. And the fact it tastes good, healthy is a great second option. And the sustainability, fine. Don't even think about it. If, you, if you're not on board with sustainability, put out your head. If it tastes good, you eat it. It's that yeah, simple. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I can also definitely emphasize with the notion that because they come from a time where this was the big luxury thing it's really hard to give up something that you idolize like that um yeah. i had the same experience with uh, designer fashion it, not mm. so much fast fashion but specifically like designer labels because i idolized them so much as a teen and learning that oh the impact of designer clothes aren't any better then fast fashion, their workers are exploited in, oh. in just as horrific environments. So it's really, in that regard, it's the same. It's just we're paying for a label and the prestige that comes with that label. Yeah. That took me a while to unlearn. And in contrast, going vegan was easy. This was hard. This hurt. Yeah, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a fashion queen myself. And I lived in New York for many years. And I loved the labels. I was a label queen. 
And I really had to pull back on that because honestly, the quality is not what it used to be. And it's made kind of all in the same places now. It's just a label stitched into it. And I've really cut back on my, my personal shopping. I've really cut back on because I don't need that much. I have a lot of stuff. I'll admit it's just, it's, it's not okay for me anymore. That was my big step. I'm like, you know, it's not okay for me to just load up on stuff. We don't need I, as much stuff. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Although, as you can probably see in my background as well, I live a lifestyle that I refer to as eco-maximalism. I where I do, I do generate a lot of things. I'm not a minimalist in any way, shape or form because I love thrifting and vintage shopping and yes. finding cool vintage pieces. Now I'm wearing this absolutely atrocious jumper today um, and I don't know what's up with it's it, but it's adorable. vintage and I think it's so fun. It's so fun. It has pearls on it. Um, oh. And when it's thrifted and reclaimed and secondhand, I don't necessarily see the same problem in finding things that you really like. I'm also a big DIYer at this point and love crafts and making things from other things. Right now, I'm in a project where I gather three pieces of trash every day and I save them in a jar. And when the jar is full, I'm making sort of an art piece from it. Mm. Uh, please so, share that when you're done. Yeah, please, I mean, please post I that. want to share more about that because I think it's going to be really cool. But just uh, my point here was that you don't have to get rid of all your things. Um, and sometimes people think that when you talk about sustainability or they go to Pinterest and they see all these minimalist homes and think, oh, I, I'm supposed to live like that as well if I want to be sustainable. But minimalism or giving up things that you like is not an entry ticket to sustainability that we can do the same things i usually say you can be a fashion queen you can be a goth queen you can be punk you can be anything you want and still be sustainable actually punk is the most sustainable style of all time because that's literally where it came from but still like <laughs> it's not an aesthetic so anyone can join in and, and reduce choice. the impact yeah it's personal choice it's what works for you i mean Thrifting, I loved when I was on the East Coast because you got, you found, I don't know, I just, I felt that I found cooler stuff. West Coast is a little different. Maybe because it's just picked over more. You know, now that I think of it, there are a lot of people on the West Coast that love vintage shopping. And I think we just maybe have more people doing it. But um, aside from that and our shopping habits, your book is amazing. So people, go look out for the book called Sustainable Badass, A Zero Waste Lifestyle Guide. And you're available on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, amongst many, many others. I mean, you were and also out. and also many smaller bookstore retailers. And I know yes. a lot of my followers, they have gone to their local bookshops and asked them to pre-order the book for them. And I will always any day recommend that people support the small shops rather than Please. the big evil billionaires. Yeah. Always. It's just Always. really hard to not be included on those sites. Like at this point, I, I have zero autonomy over that. But I will always recommend looking out for the small bookshops. And what you can, yeah, you can actually go to your local bookshop and say, hey, I know about this book. Could you order it? If more Absolutely. than one person asks, they'll bring they'll order more than two. They'll order a five, 10, 15 because people will see it. And quite honestly, I do miss hanging out in bookshops and just flipping through things. Bookshops are amazing. I love yeah. bookshops and just yes, yeah, supporting those tiny small businesses because sustainability is also thinking on a global scale, but acting in your local community. And this sense of community is really, really important. And that's something, at least from my perspective, that's something that we tend to forget in today's yeah. society. Yeah, we got to stick together. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I noticed a lot of people oh, yeah. in their communities pulled together. I have a friend who lives in the Azores and she said, 
they had a bunch of fruit trees and they would trade fruit for someone who had bread because she's like, shipment stopped. This <laughs> is like medieval role playing. I love that. And she's an everybody need all together. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, we're all in this together. They're, they're, when it comes to climate change and fixing the world around us, we got to share, we got to work together, share ideas, share thoughts, buy the book. <laughs> and nice on that, too. yes. And on that, I thank you so much for your time today. And thank you from dialing from Denmark. I believe it's afternoon for you. Oh, it's uh, 5 p.m. Okay. It's evening. It's yeah. morning for me. So thank you for taking your evening. Of course, not a problem whatsoever. This was absolutely enjoyable. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. You guys take care. We will see you next time. Bye.